What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Calvin, the new trader, checking in for another Grand Slamming episode of the Forex Beginner Podcast. Today, we have a special guest today, and this brother right here. Um, when you talk about ICT and the different concepts, the different strategies around the ICT movement, this brother here does an excellent job of breaking it down very easily and very simplistic for traders. All right. So I got him on today. His name is Ethan Garland. Ethan, what's up, brother? Welcome to the podcast. What's happening, brother? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's good to see you, man. Second time's a charm. We, 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 we're doing this again, but you know what I mean? It's going to be a great one, I think. Absolutely. So where are you right now? Last time we talked, you were in South Africa. Where are you now? Yeah, still in South Africa. Um, I actually live in South Africa. So grown up here, lived here all this time. Um, but yeah, now I'm back in my, in my studio. So everything is nice and, uh, nice and clear. I want to get into trading. I want to get into ICT trading because obviously you know a lot about this stuff. You've studied it. You've been able to break it down in a super simplistic way. I want to get into that. But before we get into that, tell me about how you came into trading. And more specifically, I want to know, did you come from money? Did you have a bunch of money before you started trading? And you're like, hey, I want to do this to kind of multiply the money that I already have. Or are you someone that has had to struggle, work a job, you absolutely hate it, you absolutely hate it, and you just had to kind of just use trading as your, your motivation and your way out of the struggle? Which side are you most likely on? Yeah, definitely the second one. So in terms of my journey, I started off very much not in the, you know, silver spoon in your mouth type vibe. It was very much coming from humble beginnings. Um, I worked in retail, so it was really, really, really horrible. You work really, really long hours. And so I didn't have money before I started trading. And in fact, trading was more of a means for me to acquire capital, which is what I recommend to everybody. I mean, trading is something that you end up learn, you, you learn to love. However, in my opinion, and for me at least, I don't want to trade my the rest of my life. I want to make money with trading and invest it elsewhere and then, you know, retire early. I think that's the dream for everybody. But um, I did, I have grown to, to love trading. But essentially, back to the point, I, um, I didn't start off with a lot of capital. I started off with nothing. And I, I worked a retail job. And for many, many years, I had people, you know, um, saying, hey, what are you doing? You know, this is all basically just one big scam, et cetera, et cetera. Why are you spending all of your time looking at these charts um, and those kinds of things? So um, I literally worked my day job and um, just watched charts while I worked my day job. I was lucky enough to be able to do both. Um, that being said, I mean, executing was difficult because I literally worked with people almost in like a customer service environment and it was really terrible, but I was able to literally execute execute trades like literally under the table as I was dealing with people and um so yeah for me it was it was a very I would say bumpy journey especially when you start in a position of of less privilege because um the start is a lot more difficult but I believe that I, I believe that starting in that position maybe anchors you in a better way because if you start off with a lot of money um, and if you start off from a, a position of having more, I believe that you're more likely to not continue the journey because why would you? Why would you push through if you don't have a very solid reason or if, for example, you've got nothing to lose? Um, so 
for me, I I find it almost like a blessing to have started from 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 a lower point. What's up, traders? It's your boy Calvin, a new trader. Sorry for interrupting today's podcast episode, but did you know that one of the reasons that traders like you and I fail our prop firm challenges is simply because we violate our daily drawdown? And more specifically than that, a lot of times we violate our daily drawdown not even knowing that we're breaching the account. We just get these emails and we get notified and we're like, oh man, how did I do that? I didn't know that I was near my daily drawdown, but there is a solution to this problem. And when you're looking to get funded, you want to rock with a prop firm that is making the journey easier for you. And one prop firm that is doing that is Blue Guardian. Now, Blue Guardian has this tool called the Guardian Protector. And what the Guardian Protector does is it allows you to place a limit right before your daily drawdown so that regardless of if you know where you are or if you don't know where you are or if you forget to set a stop loss, that Guardian Protector will take you out of a trade before you violate your daily drawdown on your account, which ultimately allows you to live to trade another day and have another shot at actually becoming a funded trader. Also, Blue Guardian has no restrictions on their trading. You don't have to set a stop loss. You can hold over the weekend. You can trade whenever you want. You can use EAs. All of that stuff is permissible when trading with Blue Guardian. These things, the Guardian Protector, no restrictions, are things that make traders like me feel confident in working with the prop firm. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested in getting started with my recommended prop firm, Blue Guardian, click the link in the description and use coupon code NEWTRADER1 to get 10% off your next challenge today. Again, that's coupon code NEWTRADER, the number one, to get 10% off your next prop firm challenge with blue guardian today so you spoke about this retail job and uh you kind of had to in the beginning days you kind of had to work and kind of hide and trade what was that retail job that you were working was it clothing was it more of like a hardware store or something like that and give us an example of like what you had to do like if you could remember any specific scenario where you had a customer and you had to hide and trade like give us an example of that yeah so i used to work in cell phone sales i used to work in a cell phone store and um, a lot of it was dealing with customer service and customer complaints most of it was because companies very inefficient and um they're they're really terrible so we get most of the complaints for that so essentially it was one of the worst kinds of jobs where you get pretty much constant abuse and um i used to constantly have you know the charts open on my computer and i used to have you know my phone open with mt4 and i was executing trades so often like i'd be literally dealing with a customer straight face to face and i'd be like hey um i'm just gonna go fetch something in the back and i would literally just quickly go and like close all my trades because i can't like do it all or i would like make sure i'm like taking partials or whatever i was doing um, but most of the time I was just watching the chart while they're talking to me and I wasn't listening to what they were saying because usually they were, you know, full of crap. But um, <laughs> uh, honestly, yeah, it is the worst job in the world. Working in customer service is a whole new level of, yeah, uh, it's, it's a whole new level of torture. But it did teach me, you know, a lot of patience. It teaches you to really endure. Um, I worked there for literally almost four years and... Um, it, it builds a lot of character. And I think that working in that kind of industry and dealing with really difficult people teaches you how to, you know, get through difficult times. And that being said, like, um, applying that to my trading actually kind of helped me a lot. Um, and like I said, when you, when you're in that bad situation and you've got this one thing that you know, can pull you out of it, it really helps you, you know, hang on to that, onto that life vest, you know?
So do you remember what like your your hit rate or win rate was during that time? Because I could imagine like the anxiety you were experiencing is like somebody's talking to you and, yeah. and in your mind, you're like, okay, hurry up and be done. Hurry up and be done. I need to check this. <laughs> so it was interesting. I mean, obviously I went through different phases because I mean, it took me about a year and a half to two years while I was literally in that job to get out of it. So I started off the normal route of like literally following signals, um, you know, going from strategy to strategy from like doing using indicators, um, um, EAs, you name it. Um, but eventually, you know, I got to a point of profitability where I was making money. And um, it's, it's it was almost like it was one of those like it was a really long overnight success type of vibe. So I I, I spent, you know, a lot of time just, you know, funding, uh, funding accounts and blowing them, et cetera, et cetera. And then obviously I started to catch on to prop firms. So when I when I discovered prop firms, it was really like a very big um, sort of revelation for me because it, it changed my mindset in a lot of ways. Firstly, it stopped me from trying to flip accounts constantly, which I think is a really toxic thing. And I think that's a big reason as to why people really struggle to be profitable on normal broker accounts. So having prof firms really can be a huge blessing um, in terms of you're, you, you, you're forced to, to risk manage properly. Um, you're forced to risk 1%. At, at the most, I would say, I mean, you can risk more and I'll chat about that later, but majority of, of the reason I really love prop firms is that it forces you to risk manage and it forces you to be disciplined. And um, if you don't, obviously you will be taught very quickly how to do so, because um, obviously you've paid the fee and now you, you really need that to pay off. And um, so for example, with me, I, you know, I spent a lot of my money on, you know, prop firm fees and um, I um, failed a couple and then eventually I was like, okay, I've got this nailed. So I purchased a, a I think it was literally the biggest account size that they could get. And for me, that was a lot of money at the time. I think it was probably like either 500 or a thousand dollars. For me, that was a ton of money at the time because yeah, it was almost basically more than my paycheck at the time. And I, I was just like, hey, like, uh, this is a lot of money. And if I don't make it, I'm really screwed. So it, it actually, it actually really messed with me uh, to the point of I had passed phase one, and I was about to pass phase two, but I had so much pressure, I think, and I don't know if it's the same for a lot of people. But being in profit can sometimes be more stressful than being in drawdown. Because when you're in profit, and you're so close to making it, it's it's really stressful, especially when you put a lot of when you're hanging on to a lot of, you know, you, you're putting a lot on this being successful. And um, for me, I was like, hey, if I make it with this and I make a couple good withdrawals, I could be good for quite a while. And I think I could take this full time. And so when I was at that point of just about to to pass my second phase, I actually ended up having like a full on like anxiety attack, like a full on anxiety attack. I actually rushed myself to the hospital and literally was like, doctor, I'm having a heart attack, like, please help. And so I literally got fully checked out. I did like ECGs, everything. And um, that's another thing. Like I'm actually a very anxious person. So for me to become a trader, it's, it's probably the worst thing I could have done, but 
trading kind of hardens you and it, it's, it turns you into a much stronger person. Um, and so when I started off, I was the worst possible person to ever be a trader because being a really anxious person um, is not a good thing because when it comes to trading, because literally anxiety is worrying about the future and worrying about the future and trading is not something you want to do. You want to be focused on what you're doing right now. So if you're worrying about the future, it means you're focusing on the outcome of that particular trade, most likely. And if you're focusing on the outcome of that particular trade, it means you're worried about if you're going to make money or not. Like you need to be focused on just executing your edge right now, following your plan. The outcome comes later. Maybe at the end of the month, you look at overall how profitable was I? And, um, and so I had to teach myself that. I often say that trading is a direct reflection of who we are as human beings, right? And obviously when we come into the skill set, new beginner and developer traders, we just want to make some money. We want to change our lives. Like you said, we're tired of our deadbeat situation, that situation where we see no ends to a means. And so we want something, we want to go after something. We want to chase something that's bigger than our current situation. And so all we think about is money, but as you have just broken down, like there are some things that are inside of us that we have to fix. And once we fix those things, then trading becomes systematic the way it should be. Right. So how long was that period that you were going through this mental health issue? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, so also like to build on to what you said, trading is like a mirror, basically. When you look at and you get into trading, it amplifies all of the faults that you have and it makes you start to improve on little things. So if you're always looking in a mirror constantly, you're going to pick up for or for a long period of time, you're going to pick up all these imperfections in, in what, you, what you're looking at and it forces you to to fix things about yourself. And, you know, it's like, it's the same thing for, for a lady. If you tell a lady, Hey, look into this mirror for a long time. They're going to be like, Oh no, my nose is weird and blah, blah, blah. Let me put some makeup on. It's the same thing. Trading is the same thing. It just amplifies all of your, your issues. Um, and it, and, and it makes you work on yourself. So yeah, I mean, that was for me, it literally amplified everything. But like I said, the key is having a very strong why to anchor yourself onto so that when this happens and it will happen with trading, everybody knows that when you do, when you, when you start trading, it gets so much harder before it gets better. And to get through that roller coaster ride, you have to have something that's, that sticks you to that roller coaster. Otherwise you're going to fall off like very quickly. Um, but to come back to your question, um, yeah, when, when I started developing, you know, my, my very advanced like mental illness like it was it was really it is the most difficult thing i've gone through in my life um and you know when i started to develop it it was towards maybe the end of the year and it and it took me probably about probably about four to five months of literally 
like therapy and, 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 you know, working on myself, I stopped trading, um, for a month or two. And I still traded throughout that whole process. And it, I, I was still able to, to make money on my funded account. Um, there was, there was a point, um, and the funny, the weirdest thing is that was when I managed to quit my job. Funnily enough, I, I had managed to make two withdrawals that were enough because I live in South Africa. I'm lucky to some degree because the living expenses here aren't that much. So once I, once I had made my, my withdrawals, I was able to, you know, ration out money for the next like four to five months. And I was like, I'm just going to give it a go. I also can't deal with like the, the stress of working and trading at the same time right now. And because my job was extremely stressful and very high intensity, as well as obviously trading can be. Um, so I was like, I'm just going to focus on it. Again, if I had a different option, I probably wouldn't have done that to, to some degree. But at that point, I didn't have much of a choice because of my my situation with my mental health. Um, but essentially, I made some profit. I then went into drawdown on that one account um, after a while. And um, I, I continued to trade it. And what happened was, as I started to get better in terms of doing therapy and my mental health getting better and I, I managed to overcome this this eating disorder that I had gained through you know working on my obsessive compulsive disorder I actually started to basically um, become fixed again as a trader because I went into a point of and I think this happens to a lot of people when you get a funded account and you start to and you've made a bit of profit, you can sometimes get a little reckless because, uh, you know, the account is kind of safe and I put some money in the bank now. And, um, and so that's what happened. And I, I went into some drawdown, but putting myself in that drawdown um, and getting, you know, better mentally, I managed to bring myself out of that drawdown over a period of about three to four months, which was also scary because I wasn't earning, right? So I had quit my job and I was literally just waiting for this account to get fixed again and over the course of four to five months risking a quarter percent per trade because that's all i could spare there wasn't much left in that account i, I think i had maybe two two and a half percent left of drawdown before hitting max drawdown and i revived that account from that point from being i think it was about seven and a half percent in drawdown risking a quarter per a quarter percent per trade building it all the way back up to a full revived account and then making one of the biggest withdrawals I ever made. I think it was about, I think it was about $6,000, which was huge for me at the time. You're not making that at your retail. Oh, hell job. no. <laughs> I, I made that maybe like, yeah, dude, in a year, maybe even it's, it's like we got paid so little dude. Um, and for me, that was huge. And that was when I was like, Hey, maybe I can really make this happen because when I quit my job, let's be honest, I was a little bit reckless, but I felt like with the situation I was in with my mental health and everything, I was like, this is the best thing for me. And it forced me to do that, but getting better and, and fixing that account, going from such heavy drawdown and risking such small amounts, proving that I have an edge over the course of five or six months that really changed everything because I saw and I proved to myself that long-term I make my, my, my trading strategy work taking like, you know, like many over a hundred trades over that period of time, showing that it's seriously really long-term profitable. 
And so from that, like my psychology long-term was super fixed. And because I had gone through this tough time and gotten through it also with the, with the addition of, you know, the, the way that that therapy changed my brain is like something I can't even, I would say it's even probably a good thing to do. Even if you don't have any mental disorders, I think that's also why a lot of people are into, you know, like manifesting and visualizing their their dreams and all those things that's essentially what i did but on a very like deep level with with that therapy that i went to and i really have to say a shout out to that therapist because that honestly changed the trajectory of my life in a huge huge way i want to jump into this ict stuff because i personally i'm not familiar too much with ict the movement all of that stuff i want you <laughs> Because I know this is what you do. You break down his concepts and you break it down and you explain it in a very simple way for people to understand. What is ICT and how has it impact your your personal trading journey? Well, it's interesting because ICT was kind of the building block for every kind of liquidity type trading that there was. I think he was probably one of the first people to come up with the whole idea of um, you know, the banks are trying to come for your stop losses and this is how you can trade with, you know, big institutions that are looking for liquidity, which is generally what, um, you know, other, other people who are retail traders um, are essentially being used as liquidity for bigger institutions. And that's the whole, that's the whole real um, narrative behind this and uh, he basically says that you know he's on the in he's the inner circle essentially where he knows you know this is the level that people want to get to 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 catch the liquidity to go in the desired direction and so you know it's very interesting i to some degree obviously don't believe in that because obviously you know nobody knows where the market's going to go and obviously nobody you know, is able to say exactly what the big institutions are doing, but you can make an informed guess. And the main thing that I love about it is the methodology. So the methodology is really easy to replicate. And I think psychologically, um, it changed my trading in a lot, in a lot of different ways. Firstly, um, you're not looking for massive risk reward trades. You're just looking for, you know, one to two, one to three risk reward, which is still more than enough. And you're not looking to have these tiny one, two, three pip stops. You know, you can have bigger stop losses. So um, a lot of people come from like a smart money concepts kind of background where they're trading supply and demand. And what happens there is that you get stuck on these lower time frames trading, um, you know, with very, very subjective concepts um and um you you're not able to have a fully discretionless way of trading and uh, when i when i discovered ict concepts he he put it in a way that i could literally turn i i could quite easily turn what he was teaching into a very algorithmic way of trading and that's what you know i try to do on my on my channel on youtube and and in general and if, if i'm trying to help people I'm trying to, and also for my own trading, I try to to create a system that is as robotic as possible so that replicating it is easy, but also psychologically, it's easy to know, hey, I'm doing the same thing every time. And the main reason behind this is because it's very easy to know what to look out for. It's a very simple, pro, uh, very simple uh, methodology, but it works. And especially over a long period of time. Now you can introduce, um, 
you can introduce some elements that are more discretion-based to the strategy, and that further uh, creates a higher win rate. However, um, in general, you can trade it in a robotic way, and that's that's a lot of what I've taught. Um, but then, obviously, people take it out of context, and they go and they're like, "Hey, I've I've had like four losing trades in a row." Like, obviously, it's 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 not going to be perfect when you aren't using any kind of discretion or um, experience in the market and you're not applying that when you're just blanket putting these rules on you will be long-term profitable however if you do not take into account experience and different factors that you've you've taken from the market as well as obviously the higher time frame narrative which comes into the whole um, the whole thing of experience but if you're not able to to pair up um, and analyzing the higher time frame narrative, higher time frame narrative, as well as um, then entering on lower time frames, which is predominantly what the system is, then um, if you're able to master both of those those concepts, you're able to really turn ICT concepts into something that's very very powerful. Personally, for you, when did this shift start happening? Where you started looking at and adding these concepts and this methodology into your style of trading? Well, the thing is, before then, um, I was trading differently. So I traded more with, <clears throat> well, when I say differently, it's very much based on the same things, which is quite funny. So I used to trade, you know, supply and demand, which is based on, you know, what people call smart money concepts, which have, you know, it has elements of liquidity in it, which is essentially coming straight from ICT. But the move to ICT was essentially to break things back down to its more original form, which was literally just trading the liquidity and um, literally spotting the liquidity, waiting for that liquidity to be taken, and then looking for a reaction that gives away a sign that things are going to now move in the opposite direction. So that's essentially all you're doing. You're looking and you are, you know, um, reacting to what the, the clues that the market gives you. And um, that's essentially what I got pretty good at doing. But before then, I was trading, you know, a different supply and demand strategy, which in any case is very similar. And a lot of those mashed together. In fact, I use a lot of it still with my trading. I've mashed ICT up into supply and demand, which essentially is just order blocks, which ICT teaches in any case. Um, so, Fusing those two together also gave me a really, really good edge. But coming from, you know, previous communities that that taught me all of the discipline that I needed, as well as teaching me how to create a more systematic edge, then taking what I learned from ICT, which was difficult to ignore because it was kind of everywhere. And once I once I did that, I was able to put them together and create something really strong. And um it, it kind of improved what I had. I, I started to add little bits of ICT into what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And eventually full ICT took over because I was just like, hey, the way that he risk manages is just so much better because psychologically, if I'm going for a one to two or a one to three, it's so much better than trying to get a one to eight all the time and then having a very low win rate. Psychologically, I just found it worked so much better for me. And it and also the setups were so much more, um, they were so much more objective. They weren't, they didn't have as much discretion. You, you could see the place that price would react to and you could enter there. And it wasn't just a thing of, Hey, I think this is the area. It's a thing of, 
Okay, so this is the previous day's high. We know that price is going to potentially react at the zone and we look for that reaction. It's not a thing of, hey, the zone looks nice. We know that that's the previous day's high and we know that that's the zone that we're looking for. And so for me, taking the guesswork out, that was really the game changer for me. What are you seeing in your personal journey right now? Like, for example, how many trades are you averaging per week? Like how many quality systematic setups are you seeing per week, right? What is your your average win rate over the course of a 30-day sample size? Talk to me about that. Right. So at the moment, I'm funded with 600K. Um, I'm wanting to push for a million very soon. But I mean... <laughs> 600k is still a good chunk so i think i think i will just see how it goes from here um in terms of my my trading you know my trading style and trading strategy um my win rate did go up a heck of a lot when i started to do ict because obviously my risk reward was less and also obviously psychologically it was just better for me um so psychologically when things start getting better psychologically you can see it reflect directly in your trading um but also my trade um, frequency started to decrease. So now my trade frequency is very low. I would literally take maybe two to three setups, if that a week. Um, and then, you know, if I've made my goals for the week or the month or for the month, generally, I will just make my withdrawals and I'll take a break. I don't, I, I wait to make, that's the thing with prop firm trading versus normal trading. And that's why I love it is you're not forced to continue because with 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 regular trading you're constantly trying to compound your account and the more trades you take potentially the more you can earn to some degree um but when you're prop trading i mean if you're risking a little more so i sometimes with certain accounts i'm a bit more aggressive than i am with other accounts so i have more aggressive accounts and i have more relaxed accounts that are more um very uh, i'm more strict with risk where it's more of a long-term account that I'm looking for this account to last a long time. Whereas I have accounts that I'm much more aggressive with and I'm okay with losing them because once I've lost them, Hey, I made money with them already. So I for example, so say for example, and the way that I currently run it is I have two, 200 K accounts. And then I have the rest is basically, um, 200. So there's two 200 K accounts as well. Mm -hmm. The two 200 K accounts are kind of like my base accounts where I'm a lot less aggressive. I'm tr trying to keep those for as long as possible. I'm risking literally quarter of a percent to half a percent on those accounts. And I'm, you know, who's going to lose 20 trades in a row, that kind of thing. So I'm pretty safe on the, on those accounts. And long term, I know that they're going to continue to make me money. Um, and, and so with those accounts, I can use them to purchase future accounts. Or if I lose the more aggressive accounts, which are my two 200k accounts, which I think for some people, is, is, it's difficult to imagine. And I, to be honest, didn't know how I got into that mindset of being as risky as I am on them. But it paid off to, to a large extent because... I was able to take, you know, 2% risk, sometimes even 3% risk on these accounts. And because I know I have a high win rate and I know that I have between 50 to 60% uh, win rate, that if I hit those wins, so for example, if I take a trade on one, so I would split the accounts into two, firstly, I would have one 200K and another 200K and I will take the trade on the one account. If it works out and I make my one to two and say I've risked 2%, that's 4% right there. I'm done for the month. I'm withdrawing on that account. 
And then I've made almost, what, $8,000? So I can't really complain. I withdraw the money and I work on the next account. And then say I take a loss on that account, not a problem. I go onto the other account, which is now back to zero. I've withdrawn my money and then maybe I win on that account. Okay, then I withdraw again, $8,000. So that's essentially what I what I do with those very risky accounts. And sometimes it's more, sometimes I'm risking, you know, 3%. Sometimes I'm risking, I mean, it's, it's a lot. I, it just depends on how confident I am on those setups. But also I know that 50 to 60% of the time I'm going to be right with those one to two risk reward setups. And so for me recently, I had some of the best months I had the best month of my trading career. Um, it was last month and I managed to pull about $18,000 um, from those two accounts. Congratulations. So man. I essentially had, um, I essentially had um, one, one to two risk reward trade. Okay. Where I risked, um, I made about $12,000 on that trade. Um, and then I, 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 I did the same the next, on the other account. However, so what happened was the one account, I made the profit and I withdrew it, right? I made, it was 12,000. And then obviously after the profit split, it was about 10,000 that I made um, after the, you know, 80% split. I then got the withdrawal. Okay. I then traded that account again. Once, I, once, the, once the account was reset, I took a loss on it. Okay. So that meant that I was down by about three to 4%. Okay. I then started on the next account, okay? And then I hit the winner on that next account, which was fresh. So on the next account, I essentially hit a winner again. And then I made $10,000 on that account. And then obviously I got about $8,000 from that. So total, I made about $18,000 in that one month. And that was also like a whole nother level for me. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it's great. It's like um, getting to that level is it feels like a level up and i mean there's still people that are doing much more crazy things than that i mean it's not it's not you know it's not six figures but it's still like for me it's amazing um and um and also being able to do these kinds of things pretty consistently um, and having a plan like i said like if i lose these two accounts it's not a big deal for me i've still got my base accounts that are constantly trading at a at a set amount of risk that long term will make me withdrawals and those withdrawals guarantee that I'm able to get new accounts and obviously pay for whatever I want. But making profits with these big accounts, that's my, you know, big, big time, you know, long term, big plan money, you know. And so for me, that works really, really well. I think um, there's also another trader on YouTube, um, Paladin. He does a similar kind of thing. And there's a lot of different traders that trade in that same way um, of having high risk accounts and low risk accounts. And so for me, that was a big deal. And that's the thing with prop firms. If you blow the account, it's not your funds that funded that account. Yes, you lose the fee, but if you've already gotten your fees back with the refund, then, hey, now it's just time to, you know, you can potentially go more aggressive. I don't recommend going aggressive if you, you know, are, you don't have money in the bank, firstly, and you don't have other sources of income, obviously. If you're looking to make this long term, your account should always be like those less aggressive accounts that I have, those two, that, that, those two 100K accounts. Keep it like that. But once you have money in the bank and you've got other sources of income, you can have more aggressive accounts and really push for those because 
I mean, why not? If you lose them, you're going to be able to regain them pretty systematically if you follow your edge. So for me, that's just what worked best. And it's the most optimal way of trading, in my opinion. You're making a lot of money in a short amount of time, but also having that longevity to continue to do it as well, which is really amazing. Congratulations, man. I just want to say that. Congratulations. That is phenomenal. 18,000 and a 30 day yeah. calendar month. That is awesome, man. And just to think yeah, like crazy. someone that went from job that he hated, barely making anything, not feeling satisfied to going through everything you went through to get to the point where yeah. you have a flow in the market and you have a skill set that can produce you 18,000 US dollars, which is times 18 in your currency you know what i mean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, that's crazy, ridiculous dude. man yeah. and that speaks yeah. to the power of forex that speaks to what this skill set can do that speaks to if you just put in the time and you've been on this journey what four or five years right yeah yeah, yeah. so four it's and a half years right yeah four and a half years so it's just it's really just i believe we all just have to and I have to remind myself that like you just have to keep working your process. You can't look up at stair 100 or level 100 and you haven't even gotten to level two yet or step two yet. You know what I mean? You just have to work yeah. it. But it always I've never seen anybody that has thrown everything they've had at something and not reached it. I've never seen it before. Yeah. Never seen it before. So yeah, congratulations, exactly. man. And so listen, man, if there's somebody that's watching right now and they're like, man, I'm a new beginner developing trader and what Garland is talking about, it just really resonates with me. And man, I'm going through some things right now. I'm dealing with some mental health issues or I'm dealing with some just life struggles where I don't feel like I'm happy. Like I don't feel like I'm making what I should make. What encouragement would you give them? Yeah. So the main thing I would say, and I think this was a big thing for me as well. It's very easy to look at the Forex industry and just see all of the rubbish that's out there and people posting, you know, flexing firstly, and just trying to basically basically scam you um it's so easy to just write off the whole industry as this big scam that nobody actually makes money and uh it's all just one big game that's rigged against you it's just like a casino the house is always going to win but it's very easy to see that and think that it's no there's no possible way and i think that the best thing you could do is try your best to meet others that are making it happen okay and people that are not necessarily on social media. So they have potentially no other like, um, you know, other ulterior motives to knowing you. And once you meet those people and you're able to basically flesh out the fact that, hey, this is possible and they can prove to you that they've done it and you can see their lifestyle. Um, like I said, for me, I, I started to meet people who were doing it and, and they were completely like on the down low. They didn't, nobody was like, you know, promoting any course or anything like that. It was just literally people that just traded and they, they were living a normal life. And, um, once I saw that it's possible to consistently make money, it completely flipped the game for me. And, um, the other thing is knowing, you know, that's one thing, like I say, knowing that it is possible because for example, I could be talking complete BS, which I'm not, but, um, if, if you, <laughs> if you look at my channel, I've showed, um, all of the, um, the whole journey, but essentially, um, find a way to prove to your brain that it's real. And when you prove to your brain that it's real, making it happen 
is so much easier because it's no longer on a pedestal. If you put the dream on the pedestal, you're never going to achieve it because it still seems so far away. But if you bring the dream closer and make it more real, then you will be able to achieve it. And like we know as well, psychology is the key to trading. So if you're able to bring the dream as close to you as possible and make it as attainable as possible, then your psychology is going to improve and your trading is going to improve. It's, it's, the, it's like what they say. And that's why I, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a new age mumbo jumbo kind of guy, but visualization and manifesting and all of that stuff is real because of the way that it makes you act. So if you are, for example, bringing your dreams as close to you as possible and making them feel as real as possible, you're able to achieve them so much more easily because they don't seem so far away. And the reason that is, is because your behavior changes. And if you have a bad relationship with your dreams, for example, and, and another thing is you need to be very careful of who you tell your dreams to. Um, and if you're, if you're telling everybody about your dreams, it becomes very dangerous and very toxic because you're going to get bad feedback from that. And that's going to reflect back on you. And that's going to then reflect back on your trading, which is going to negatively impact the results you have. And so for me, I literally just kept my dreams to myself. Now and then I let it slip. I, it doesn't matter how close people were to me. I learned to just keep my mouth shut. I kept the dreams and the things that I was visualizing for myself to myself because I knew that people would say, hey, that's ridiculous. Like if I said to them, hey, a year and a half from now, I'm going to be making $18,000 in one month, they would laugh at me. And I was like, that's so totally doable for me. I feel like it's so doable. But other people will try to convince you that, hey, that's a little ridiculous. But they don't understand that this is a new industry that, you know, when it comes to doing things online and when it comes to trading in general, things move so much faster. Um, I was watching a, um, a video of Iman Gajdi's the other day and he was saying that be involved in industries that move quickly. And the trading industry and everything, the online marketing industry as well, and there's many other, you know, e-commerce, etc. But they move so quickly and that's why I like being involved in them. Um, you can get involved today and in a year from now you can be earning like a hundred times more than what you earned you can be 10 times further you you could have firstly earned 10 times more than you would have been able to in, in most other industries if you become a lawyer if you want to become a lawyer it's going to take you four or five years whatever you're going to have to specialize you're going to have to do articles then you're going to start off right at the bottom and you're going to you know maybe take five six seven eight nine years to be able to make it as semi-successful, maybe doing semi-well in the law industry. But if you get involved in an industry like e-commerce, um, online marketing, if you get involved in trading, you could experience all of that in the space of two years and maybe even get further than those people. And so people that you share your dreams with often don't understand this concept. They, 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 they're not really ready to say, hey, in two years from now, you could have done the same that somebody does 20 years in a, in a, in a law uh, career, you know, they, 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 their brain can't compute, but we know that that's true. We've seen people prove it over and over again. And obviously they'll say, Hey, those are fringe examples. But the reason those are fringe examples is because those are people that decided to do things that other people weren't ready to do. Okay. It was the same for me. 
I decided to push through like the darkest parts of my life and push through them and keep going, even though like literally my body, my brain, everything was telling me to stop. Like it put me in hospital. Like I, I wanted to literally, you know, I knew that this was what was meant for me. And so I kept pushing. And so obviously for a lot of people, that's not something they're willing to do. And so they won't get the reward. They won't get the results as quickly as I got them. And they'll most likely just give up. And so that's why I say, if you don't start off with a very strong rooting in your belief of what you want for yourself, then don't start trading because you're never going to make it. And, and that's also when people come to me and they say, hey, can you teach me to trade? I want to make some extra money. I'm like, okay, so you want to make some extra money. That's not what you get into trading to do. If you want to change your life and you have a very strong vision for your future and that you know that you're going to do some extraordinary things in your life and you have that belief as deeply as you can in yourself, then sure, we can start trading, but know that it's going to be very, very difficult and you need to believe it in your the deepest part of yourself. If you don't, then you're not going to make it through the tribulations that come with trading. You're just not. Um, and so people that come to me and say, Hey, I want to get into trading. I want to make some extra money. I say, don't, don't do that. Go do something else. Go, go to university, do whatever. It's, it's not for you. But if you want to change your life, if you know that you have something bigger that's destined for you, and that's what I always believe from, and I, and I've said it since I was really young, like we always, I used to joke with my parents all the time. I said, hey, I'm going to be rich one day. I'll buy you that house. I'll buy you that car. Don't worry about it. And, um, you know, it's a thing of like, they, they would talk about like worrying about finances. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'll have it covered one day. And they would laugh and we'd make a joke about it. But in deep inside me, I knew that it was true. And my, my mom was actually saying the other day that she always had this thing and I don't know why, and maybe it was because I always joked about it, but she said she always had this vision that I would one day be very, very successful. And I mean, obviously parents and mothers and all of them, they always think that they're going to be successful. But she said, you know, she always had this vision that I was going to be extraordinarily successful in terms of, you know, and obviously I'm not there yet. I'm not even anywhere near, um, but I still believe that that's, what what's going to happen to me one day um so yeah um, i mean it's it's a really powerful thing belief in yourself is a very very powerful thing ladies and gentlemen this has been ethan garland uh checking in with us dropping some motivation giving us some insight on his journey and things that he's had to overcome um so let us know where we can follow you and where we can stay in contact with you so essentially the best place to get hold of me is my instagram it's garland.trader and then it's the same on youtube as well garland trader awesome awesome ladies and gentlemen it's your boy calvin the new trader me and ethan garland look forward to running into you at the bank one day but you cannot meet us there you got to beat us there when we pull up to the bank you should already be walking out with a duffel bag on your shoulder, big smile on your face. But if you're in South Africa, you better be careful when you're coming out of that bank, okay? <laughs> it's your boy Calvin, a new trader. My man, Ethan Garland. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode. Thank you for watching. God bless and peace.